Our communion meditation is from Psalm 32. Last week we discussed verse 1, and today it's verse 2. The title of the message is Safe from the Sword. And let me read uh, Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose sight there is no deceit. So last week, and I'll recap briefly, last week, blessed are the forgiven, and I talked about how that is the uh, greatest possible blessing to be bestowed on anyone on, on this earth. So I pray that you have been so blessed. Now the unforgiven... The unbelieving can't understand this. And it's true that we, the forgiven, often forget. Today's text says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Last week I talked about how both sentences in verse 1 really were very similar, although they kind of accented different aspects of it. And now we have this third sentence that again is something similar. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, but it's again different. There's a nuance to this that we need to talk about. And so note that it is God in this context that does not impute iniquity. And so it's also the case that it is God that can impute iniquity. So it's God that has all the power. We sometimes want that power, and many even in the church say that we have that power. And yet it reminds me from Romans 9, verse 16, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So the mercy is in God's hands, and he dispenses it as he wills. So to not impute iniquity, what does that mean? Impute is an odd word. I doubt many of us use impute in our everyday conversation. And so what does it mean to not impute iniquity? Well, I would translate it or give you a parallel as saying that it does not, it does not bring accusation. And so to impute iniquity is to accuse, is to have you be accused of being guilty before God of iniquity. Now, if you are not imputed with iniquity, you're free from judgment. You don't have someone accusing you of this. And so you're free from accusation. You're free from judgment. You're free from the penalty that is associated with that judgment. Now, I want to read uh, where Jesus spoke to a similar topic, and it's in John 12. And I'll read a few verses. It's, I'll start reading at John 12, verse 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. There is a, a story 
that's based on a real king. I don't know if the story is true. You can uh, consider the story legend, so it may or may not be true. But there was a king by the name of King Dionysius. And actually, it was King Dionysius II. And he was king of a city in the 3rd century B.C. The city was Syracuse, and it was located on Sicily, the island off the coast of Italy. And King Dionysius had a good friend whose name was Damocles. And Damocles envied the king. He didn't want what was bad for the king. He was his true friend. But yet when he would get together with him, he would just say, Dionysius, you've got it so good. The, you know, the world is your oyster, so to speak. And yet Dionysius could not convince Damocles that his life was not all roses. It was not all peaches and cream. And so Dionysius had an idea. So he asked Damocles if he would like to be king for a day. And Damocles said, sure, that sounds wonderful. So the very next day, he came to be king for the day. And he began, and he was enjoying it. And yet they were dining, and he happened to look up and saw that there was a sword hanging over his head. And not only was there a sword hanging over his head pointed right at him, it was hanging by a thread from the ceiling. So Damocles went white. And then Dionysius said, this is what it is like to be king. Every instant of every day, I live in fear of attack from without my kingdom, one of these enemies. I live in fear of assassins. As I'm going about, they could take my life at any instant. And I live in fear of my own household, the people who are here in this palace with me, that one of them may betray me and take my life or allow invaders to come in and take my life. So Damocles asked to be excused from his kingly duties that day. And Dionysius said, that's fine. And so he fled the castle. And so before I explain that, I want to go on to verse 2. Uh, second part of verse 2. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now remember, we're talking about the forgiven here still. Now the deceit spoken of by David is obviously bad. This is not a good thing. And as believers, we would want to be rid of it. We would want to be shed of this deceit. But wanting something and having something are fundamentally different, aren't they? And how do you get from the one to the other? There has to be something that happens, right? Between the wanting and the having. And too often, we want something but we are unwilling to go through the process that's required to have it. Now, at the start, I said, and last week I had said, that we forgiven often forget that we are blessed with the greatest blessing that anybody on this earth could possibly be blessed with. We forget. We also forget the scourge of sin we forget how serious God takes sin. And so we forget that which Christ had to suffer to free us from the penalty of sin. So now I want to tie this together. Jesus, in John 12, said he did not come to judge sin in us. What did he come to do? He came to conquer sin in us. And yet, his words hang above every individual on this earth like the sword of Damocles. 
His words hang there, ready to put us to eternal death. And what is the thread? The thread is your life. Your life is what separates you from that sword falling onto your head. Now imagine, though, you are forgiven. What happens if you are Damocles and you look up and see that sword? What do you see? You see the hilt of that sword firmly in the hand of Christ. The sword is still there, but it is not threatening you. Jesus holds it, and he has told you that he will not use it on you. You are safe, but the unbeliever refuses to look up, right? They don't want to look up. They should. It is there for them, and their th the threat of their life is what supports it, but they don't want to look up. So see, we believers are blessed that Christ holds the hilt of that sword, and that's why we celebrate the Lord's table. This is a commemoration of life, our lives that are saved based on Christ's death. And yet it is the unbelievers that really are to be pitied. We want them to see that sword, and we work for them to see that sword. But it is God that will open their eyes, just as Dionysius opened Damocles' eyes, to what it was like to be king in that city of Syracuse. So now, let's look up. Let's see that that sword is in the hand of Christ and that he holds our soul in his hands, and we are safe and forgiven and blessed. Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for this truth that you hold the sword, and this sword of vengeance, this sword of justice, will not be exercised against your children because it was always already exercised against you. And so we thank you, Father, for the fact that you alone uh, hold this sword in your hand, and that you do not impute iniquity to your children. Uh, we thank you, Father, for this reality. We thank you for the uh, blessing. And we also pray that you would remind us of the uh, painful reality of sin and how seriously you take it. We thank you now, Father, for this food. We thank you for this time together. In Christ's name, amen.